0: Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. I'm your host, Dr. Don Raffa, and here with me is my co host, Anthony Danner. Good
1: evening, Dr. Raffa.
0: Hi, Anthony. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good.
0: On this brisk fall day?
1: It's perfect weather.
0: I'd say so. For a
1: lot of things. Maybe not jumping in the pool or jumping in the ocean, unless you're a kid. I mean, it's just the perfect combination of sunny, warm, and not humid. I have
0: a newfound interest and appreciation for September.
1: I always have, and I know I will even more so after I retire teaching. <laughs> like many of my colleagues who have retired who send me they send like me pictures. things. September when I'm setting up my room and getting going, like they'll send me random and sometimes constant little videos and stuff. And I could tell they're retired because not that they don't have anything better to do, but they're having fun and they're just like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, that's funny too. Thanks.
0: Yeah. While you're getting ready for school, yeah, they're yeah. just prolonging Well they you know somehow. they earn
1: their time and God mm-hmm. bless them.
0: So we're on episode 14 assertiveness and boundaries,
1: I'll come up with something better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if I don't, then you'll see episode 14, assertiveness <laughs> slash boundaries.
0: So when we were trying to come up with topics, you know, I kind of brainstorm about like who's coming into therapy and what kind of issues, you know, are people coming in to work on. And it generally is a common homework assignment is to practice assertiveness. Assertiveness training is a thing. They don't really have real classes for it, per se. Maybe they do online at some point, but it's best done in group. So you could do role play and practice being assertive. So I thought it'd be a good topic for today.
1: Yeah. The more that you talked about it, the more I realized how important it is Mm -hmm. for us, I think, to have a show on assertiveness. I think we've hit some pretty big, important topics for a lot of people. But I think this one, it's due. It's relevant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of threads over and crosses over into some of our other shows. So I thought it would be worth, you know, diving into. So do you have a quote? Yes, I do. Okay.
1: The duty that we owe ourselves is greater than we owe others. That is by Louisa May Alcott, who is the author of Little Women, amongst other short stories.
0: What do you think this quote's
1: about? It's just something that I know I've mentioned before that I've just come to realize more and more within the last, I guess, five years is taking care of yourself and you owe it to yourself more than you owe it to others. Now you can break that down. It's not to say that you don't owe others anything, you know, because that's how maybe some people can interpret it. Um, Right,
0: like selfishly.
1: Yeah, again, you're selfish. No, it's just you owe yourself a lot more. I think it's just because I think most people can examine themselves and know that they don't do enough for themselves. And if they have this attitude more often... I still don't think they're going to even take care of themselves or, you know, be true to themselves or honest to themselves as much as they should be, but it'll be more than what they already are.
0: Right. I think people confuse uh, selfishness and self-care, you know, with one another and thinking that if they're taking care of themselves, that they are then selfish you mm-hmm. know, and they could be people pleasing if they feel as if they owe others something.
1: And I found it interesting that uh, Louisa May Scott, I'm sorry, Louisa May Alcott is from a Germantown just outside of Philly. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. Local
1: gal. Local gal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. My quote is, You know, it's an excerpt sort of from a book that I've recommended to people, mostly women. It's by Beverly Engel, The Nice Girl Syndrome. Stop being manipulated and abused and start standing up for yourself. So it's a little lengthy, but I think it encompasses our show. If you live your life to please everyone else, you will continue to feel frustrated and powerless. This is because what others want may not be good for you. You are not being mean when you say no to unreasonable demands or when you express your ideas, feelings, and opinions, even if they differ from those of others. It's a good book. i recommended it before, and, you know, people like it. I guess my interpretation of that is, again, kind of piggybacking on your quote, the people-pleasing. If you live your life to please everyone else, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to feel like you're not being heard and having a voice and getting your needs met, which then leads to frustration and resentment. Um, so it isn't being mean, kind of, you know, what we're saying by saying no or being selfish. Giving in, especially to unreasonable people and unreasonable demands. And, you know, being assertive is actually part of that, is... Saying we want to be honest and direct. So I thought that fit into our show.
1: Absolutely. And start off, I have a lot of questions for you. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and hopefully it's questions that most people out there would want to ask. Or well, when I come up with these questions, I like to hope that you guys, uh, oh, that's a good question. Yeah. You know, so Q&A. My first question is, what is the clinical definition of assertive behavior?
0: hmm there's, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to interpret it, but I would say that it involves asking for what you want or saying no in a simple, direct way that does not negate, attack, or manipulate anyone else. Communicate your feelings and needs honestly and directly while maintaining respect and consideration for others. So not saying it in a rude, aggressive way or nasty way and, you know, standing up for yourself without apologizing or feeling guilty. That's what's really key to being assertive because if you feel guilty, that kind of defeats the purpose of... That really ties into people pleasing and caring about what somebody else
1: thinks. I would say... I think the easy part is knowing when to say no. The more complex part might be knowing what you want and then, you know, in order to ask for it. Sometimes you're not sure what you want. So there's the Mm -hmm. being assertive by asking, Mm -hmm. and then there's also the assertive of setting boundaries. And sometimes it's not easy because of the people overly aggressive and pushy.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, And this isn't like a foolproof way to get your needs met. This is just really in the spirit of honesty and being able to, you know, say your needs to someone. Now, again, it's not always an easy thing to do and it takes practice it's skill that's built. It isn't easy, especially if you your whole life have been a people pleaser in your family of origin or just, you know, with your friends. So it takes some uh, getting used to and some practice.
1: So, do you find that most people are people pleasers? And what makes somebody a people pleaser? Mm-hmm. And I guess, generally speaking, because I'm sure there's a lot of different things that involve
0: that, right? Well, yeah, there's never just one. This is the reason why, obviously, for things. But I guess a lot of people tend to be more avoidant. You know, like I mentioned on previous podcasts about anxiety disorders and, like, people that have anxiety, That but the best way to cope with that in their mind is to avoid. So they will avoid perceived confrontation and perceived conflict or actual conflict. You know, I see a lot of people that are in that category or the complete opposite of being aggressive, like really just being nasty and aggressive and or passive, you know, passive aggressive, not really being direct in what it is they want. So people that tend to... At least in my practice, come into therapy or more of the nice guy, nice girl, people pleasing type of individual.
1: I guess it depends on the individual who is asking something of you, because if mm-hmm. people assess the situation and they go, well, all right, this person, I can say this, this person, mm-hmm. my God, it's just easier just saying yes and doing the damn thing because it's just sure. going to be a big headache
0: and they justify it like it's going to be so annoying to ask that person for a favor or to say no and and they'll say that like i i it's too it's too frustrating or it's just going to be a hassle so a lot of people don't even know or realize that they have this issue until they come into therapy and start talking about person interpersonal problems or relationships and then we get to the meat and potatoes and realize that this is their uh, their tendency or style you know behavior style
1: so um, what would you say to somebody who's trying to be assertive and they tell you, well, I was assertive. Mm-hmm. They said no. Mm-hmm. So that didn't work.
0: Well, I would say that, again, like there's no guarantee that just because you say something in an assertive way and you're honest in your communication, and you're calm, that you're going to get what you want. I mean, because people can still, again, say no. And I try to convince people the reasons for doing it, the value behind it is really just to have a voice and be honest. So at least you can say at the end of the day, you tried and you said something. Best case scenario is, of course, you get what you were asking for. It might not always be easy. And I always try to prepare people for the what if scenarios of the kickback of people being angry. It's not, you're not always going to have happy people on the other end, especially when you start doing things differently or setting boundaries with people who are used to you saying yes, yes, yes. And now all of a sudden you're saying, well, no, I can't do that for you. There is something
1: to be said. I think you gain respect if you s- tell somebody no. There's also a way that you can gain respect if you are assertive and asking what you want And then okay, they say no but at least you were honest with them and with yourself and you know you let your voice be heard. But the thing is you it's know totally- people are who are afraid to hear the word no and they have to just get over that because that's gonna happen And would you rather s- not say anything and think would that person say yes? or ask, they said no, at least you know. At
0: least you know, and you test out the assumption of whether they would say yes or no. And um, it's still a win because you're, you're saying something and it's still something rather than nothing. Because you know? otherwise, again, you just build resentment and anger and then you might be more likely to be more aggressive and then you're definitely not going to get your needs met if you're aggressive. All right.
1: Um, if you're not assertive, or how does the world of psychology generally describe who you are?
0: Like, what are the other choices? Just yeah, like, like
1: what if you're not assertive, then what are you? You're just submissive or?
0: That's one. Yeah, so there's different non-assertive styles. Submissive is one, being passive, you know, unsure. A lot of people who are anxiety prone or phobic tend to be in that category. Um, overly invested in being nice or pleasing people. So that would be, you know, passive. passive aggressive, you know, being aggressive, being insensitive to other people's feelings, bullying, coercing, being intimidating, mm-hmm. using force, screaming, yelling, that kind of thing. Wow. It's like being assertive on steroids. Right, right. It's asking for what you want, but you're doing it in a very uh, bullying way. And again, like I tell people well, the message might be good, but the way your tone is your, off. Your, your tactics. It, are yeah, your ta- your, people are just going to remember how aggressive and intimidating you are. They're not really going to listen to the words that you're saying because that's the takeaway. Like, oh, he was really aggressive in that way. Or being bullying. Passive aggressive is another one. And that is kind of a combo. Maybe you're angry at your boss. So, you're late to work, you're angry at your spouse, so you're slamming cabinets. These people seldom get what they want because they never really are clear in their communication. So, the boss or the spouse is like, I have no idea what's going on with this person. And then, manipulative is another tactic that's being, you know, somewhat in the line of passive aggressive, but it's It's more so being, uh, you know, playing the victim, like um, trying to get your way by doing the woe is me, poor me, martyrdom kind of thing. So instead of saying, hey, can I borrow that money? Oh, I can't pay this bill. Right. You know, like my landlord's going to kick me out with this whole sob story instead of just saying, hey, man, can I borrow? You know, money from you, I'll pay you back. So those are the other ways that are. Well, managed. if you're
1: manipulative, whole purpose is you don't want to pay that money back. So that's you want to give get them a story, right?
0: Yeah, you want to get a free ride. And then you don't feel guilty. Oh, she offered. <clears throat> because that's the thing is like someone's not really, oh, I didn't ask her. Yeah, she just you, offered.
1: Oh, would you? Oh, yeah. that's oh, so no, nice. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to
0: ask you for help. Right, right. Yeah. Now, again, this could be. But that was your idea. Remember that. Right she offered. It was your idea, or it could be not even in someone's conscious awareness that they operate in this way. This their mo is is that
1: way passive aggressive person are they looking for anything or they're just this is just their way to vent what are they looking for or hoping to gain in being passive aggressive or is uh-huh. it a well thought out I guess it's not really well thought out And
0: I don't think it is no. I think it's just wooden. and I mean some people might be using it as a manipulation tactic a lot of times again that's not in people's conscious awareness either I think what they're doing in a very like obviously indirect Misguided way is trying to get their their needs met, but obviously doing it in in a very unproductive way, um, or they're just like okay. seething with anger and they just don't know how else to act.
1: Okay, so for somebody who you're treating, mm-hmm. what kind of homework would you give them or assign to them to be more assertive in their everyday life?
0: Right. So if our goal is to be assertive, you know what I I try to start small with a a hierarchy, a fear hierarchy, I guess, so to speak, or a non-avoidant hierarchy, assertive hierarchy would be honestly like step one is often just saying no. Like one time this week, say no to someone, not just for the heck of it, but just something you really don't want to do. Say no one time and then see what happens. Um, A lot of it is um, the language you know, that comes along with it, like a way to say it. So I have a list of things that I can share. I'm sorry. I won't be able to do that. I'm sorry. It makes you upset. I just can't do that. I understand you feel that way. So using I statements, validating, but uh, I'm going to have to say no. I know I've done that for you in the past, but this time I can't. That's, that's
1: what good. I think a lot of people are probably really going to have to, because if they get into this cycle of always mm-hmm. saying yes to a certain person, oh yeah, that's going to be
0: the hardest it's, step. It's like a shell shock to yeah. the other person. You can still do the, like, again, validate. You may have a point. I understand your point. I hear what you're saying. However, my answer is still no. It's kind of the yes, I hear you, but I know you feel that way. I hope you find (laughs) another solution. So those kind of things. A lot of it is saying no. Sometimes I've had people with the uh, assertiveness do things like uh, customer service wise, like return their meal if they're unhappy or go to a store and return their item or ask for help kind of in a store because they don't want to inconvenience the sales clerk by getting a shirt that's high up or something. And I have people do this and then come back to me with proof of it. So they're accountable to me. They show me the receipt. Mm-hmm. They show me some kind of proof. So we figure out a hierarchy of what it is that they can start saying no to. Or just speaking up. Maybe they're unhappy with someone at work or in a personal relationship. And they need to say, you know what, this is how I feel. But the key, And we script it with a role play.
1: But what you said before is... Not tell them, well, you have a problem with being absurd. Mm -hmm. Get them to open up their eyes to it as you're talking to them or they're telling you about a certain moment that upset them.
0: Exactly. And I honestly don't even know how often I use that A word. I think it's mostly like we start talking about, we all say people pleasing. We'll talk about that and codependency. But we start talking about, well, how's that working for you? Like, is that working for (laughs) you? Like, what are you getting out of it? And then I have to convince them, The value behind it is to have a voice to not, this is contributing some way to their anxiety or their depression or their set, whatever their mood, you know, getting the hook, getting the buy-in because again, they may not get the result just because they're asserting their needs to their (laughs) mother-in-law. They still may not get. The, um, result they want and then we do a coping plan to prepare for the what ifs of what if someone gets mad at you what if you say no and then they you know cut you off or don't want to be your friend or whatever we go through that so role play is is easy to kind of practice that in session
1: and the ultimate goal is for them to be assertive mm-hmm. but not to their need or but and, and setting boundaries but also knowing that they're not selfish in saying no and that's the hardest thing to get people to yeah, yeah. i guess understand right yeah
0: so doing cbt obviously people have beliefs about themselves others in the world and beliefs about themselves is not being mean not being selfish it's okay to say no so a lot of that work is done simultaneously with the behavioral change as part of you know CBT is not just behavior changes but thinking changes and honestly it's great for me to see as a psychologist the more that people practice doing this they then start to believe differently about themselves because I can tell people all day like it'll be fine you're not a bad person because you said no to your friend they won't really believe it until they start to practice the work and it's really uh, great for me to see after you know some months or some time of doing this that they start to be more confident and believe differently about themselves
1: I think also the key is people are overly concerned with what other people think of them. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and especially if it's a friend or, or even worse, you know, family member.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's funny because some people are fine with being assertive in certain situations. Like, oh, I can be assertive in a restaurant, but not with my boss. Or I can be assertive in my family, but not with my friends, you know. So it depends. And people have different... um adult attachment styles too.
1: Well then there's also the, the flip side of that coin, I guess, with sometimes, I mean, there you could be too nice to strangers and you're like, why do I care what that person thinks of me so much?
0: Sure. You know over apologizing, over explaining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean That's so
1: I amazing. guess it's not it's not always a friend or family member. It could be or they just have that issue with everybody that comes into their life which mm-hmm. you know that's not good
0: yeah like people who have an avoidant personality type or i mean like an avoidant attachment style they tend to be more avoidant of conflict so they would fall in that people pleaser type of category
1: yeah i mean yeah. i love when people say you know well i just i just don't like conflict well like, like I do or define like anybody conflict. does nobody yeah. likes it you know yeah, yeah. it's not like oh no I can't well, I mean, well okay I think there are some people that do like it
0: yeah, the aggressive
1: people right yeah. so um, maybe but um, yeah I mean that's that's just it you well gotta... it's an
0: excuse it becomes an excuse and then we define conflict like what does that even mean like right. what does that mean to you like what kind of what, is, what kind of conflict is it is it just somebody being annoyed with you is that conflict I mean because that's somebody could be annoyed with you and I right now Anthony <laughs> we don't even know it
1: I'm sure there are. Um, I'm sure there's uh, a list. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So we can't control. My point is we can't control that. Like it could be happening regardless of us being assertive. We might as well be assertive. Yeah. That's
1: a good way of looking at it. You could be as nice as you could possibly be to everybody. And Mm -hmm. you know what? There's still somebody who's upset with you. There has to be. You can't control it. So instead, you're happy with yourself. And, you know, it's easy to just not think of those people. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time. (laughs) You just just just,
0: don't care. Yeah. Find a hobby or, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. and uh, just go on with your life and, and stay busy
0: right well, that's where the buy-in comes from is that you have to believe that you're what you're doing is in the spirit of your values you're doing it for these other reasons and it's impossible to please everyone all the time It's always our perception of a situation and how we feel because no one can make us feel a certain way right, right. we could do something and be nice and somebody else can perceive that as us being selfish so I mean no win in that situation at all so what I said before about the people pleasing is it, it becomes unhelpful you know like it, it produces tension and conflict and um, by being assertive you might be surprised that when you say what you want you might get more you're more likely at least to get a result now again there's no guarantee but at least it increases the chances of getting the result you want or even just the respect that the assertive behavior brings from other people well and
1: also the respect that, you know for yourself Right. On top of everything else, which will, right, as a byproduct, you get the respect from friends and colleagues, right?
0: You do. And then, of course, it kind of funnels into other goals that people often come into. Uh, I want to be less depressed. I want to have more confidence and more self-esteem. And again, that is something that is experiential and has to be learned. It isn't something that I can just say, okay, magic wand, you feel better. And the other thing, too, is that these are all behavioral experiments, which is a huge thing in CBT. Experiment. Go test that out and you tell me what happens. Now, of course, somebody can come back and say, well, I was assertive and you know my boss punched me in the face fine (laughs) all right so we'll we'll talk through that and get yourself (laughs) a lawyer
1: because you got yourself a nice (laughs) lawsuit
0: right again Catastrophizing worst case scenario most likely is not going to come true. Your best friend might be mad at you. Your family might be mad because you're kicking them out when it's time to you know go to bed or something. But yeah, like most of the time we can get through tough stuff and they have to experience that in order to to know it isn't so bad because they have this fear of conflict. And not only is it a fear, but it's a fear of, oh, even if that were to happen, I can't deal with it or handle it. Right. Yeah. So I uh, just wanted to mention there's this in addition to like a, the, the list I gave before about assertive responses, there's something called nonviolent communication <clears throat> and there's four components of it. And that's really just, again, stating your your needs in a direct way, you know, stating using I feel statements. Um, I feel upset because you left your laundry all over the floor now again nobody can make you feel that way you're just saying you're upset with this behavior and that's how you're perceiving this situation expressing your feelings and your needs and then having a request it's helpful when I talk with people about okay what's the ask what's the request that you want of this person and can you please pick up your clothes off the floor and can you please pick it up before I come home from work or something like that it's really important to to you know, express your feelings and be direct in what you what you want from it because the other person might just be like, Okay, thanks for telling me and they have no idea what it is you're asking for. Makes sense.
1: Makes makes total sense. What, if anything, can a parent do to raise a child who is gonna grow up more assertive? And parents can only do so much what can they avoid doing, I guess, maybe is a better way of looking at it? Because, you know, you can tell your kids, you, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink half the time, but what are some good maybe tips off the top of your head um, mm-hmm. that parents can do to uh, promote self-confidence and, and being assertive and setting boundaries for their kids, do you think?
0: Okay, so I would say modeling is the biggest behavior, modeling the behavior amongst you know, with other adults that they're able to witness, modeling it with your children is good. One of the things that I um, have taught my son from a young age is something a little, not exactly the same, but setting boundaries is, is now a good time. So if I'm in the middle of doing something, 75% chance he'll say is now a good time (laughs) because he knows that I'm in the middle of doing something. So I'd say modeling it, you know, teaching kids, practicing with them, you know, about how to be assertive. Maybe they have a situation with a friend at school. Right and we have to practice and role play that. Uh So so doing that would be good. They have some cool posters for kids about how to be assertive and, you know, um, speaking up for what it is that they want. I think it's really important for kids to have a voice. Some kids are afraid to, you know, they're afraid of adults. Um, Only children tend to be less afraid to do so. But um, yeah, so I think that's the best way to really help a kid out.
1: Well, in my perspective, I think also a problem, some kids with the boundary thing of saying no, they want to be accepted mm-hmm. so badly. They mm-hmm. want to be liked by their friends. They want to be, mm-hmm. you know, in, you know, either in a certain clique or at least, you know, like, and and they, they feel like maybe, well, if I say no, that's good. But I mean, mm-hmm. in, in actuality, if you say no to some people, you're going to yeah. get some self-respect. Yeah. I mean, you know, OK, so you didn't you didn't do what they, you, they asked you. I mean, that's a stit. Like, I mean yeah too many times they kids manipulate other kids and you know so
0: right well there's that and i see it boys go through that but girls especially elementary middle school girls you know like high school of course too but are dealing with that and um afraid of being you know ostracized by the group or afraid to say no and and she she may not like me or spread rumors and that very well could be true it might not be a catastrophe it might actually be true because little girls can be uh catty in that way
1: yeah, I see that all too often. Um, in high school. In high
0: school. Oh, yeah. No, but, well. Look, and, I have friends that see it in college. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, well, college, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said it, because, I mean, I, I didn't want to <laughs> say that about women. Uh, but, you know, you, 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 can, you can say what you want.
0: I mean, boys do it, even in gaming, you know, online gaming and, you know, outside.
1: Yeah, but. Most of the time, you know, boys aren't acting like they're somebody's best friend and then talking about them behind their back.
0: Oh, yeah, the gossip. Um, thing. Yeah, they're you know, they're very, they're they're, they're
1: more confrontational they'll than, duke like it out. that. Yeah, they'll yeah. Duke again, it. but unfortunately, you know, it's through a text, you know, whereas opposed to, uh, Mm-hmm. You know, not maybe saying it to somebody's face, so that, but they're still hiding behind a computer. But at least they are. <laughs> they're letting their feelings be known.
0: Right. They, they tend to be, again, generalizing. Like, I'm not saying it's all or nothing in this way. But, like, yeah, they tend to just kind of duke it out <laughs> and then move on. So,
1: yeah, I know. Going back to what you said, I think modeling is the best Yeah, it's the best uh, thing to do. Like, mm-hmm. just uh, practice what you preach. Right. Right, with right. them and then also they can see it if they're a keen observer or a good student of you in your everyday life and practice or whatever they can see oh wow you you know you're, you're on the phone and you're telling somebody you know what i'm not i'm not going to be able to do that sorry right. and right you
0: know. or out in public again customer service is an easy thing you're <laughs> unhappy with some service in some way they see you handling it in a certain way then they know that oh it's okay it's okay to have a voice and you can do it in a respectful way without being aggressive or mean and you know flying off the handle
1: that doesn't work for me
0: <laughs> that's not going to That's not going to work for me, Mm -hmm. bud. Yeah, let's find a better solution. (laughs) Let's come up with a compromise here. Right. Right. And one thing I just want to touch on real quick is um, what I mentioned before kind of reminded me of the people pleasing stuff is the codependent relationships. So people who come in have um, a tendency to be in these types of relationships. Now they're more severe, more toxic, but feeling as if you're walking on eggshells to avoid conflict with the other person, Uh, feeling the need to take care of other people's needs above your own, being the one to apologize all the time, even if you have done nothing wrong. Um, Again, these are more extreme versions of people-pleasing. That's
1: people-pleasing dialed up to 10.
0: Right, exactly. Doing something for the other person or anything for the other person, even if you're uncomfortable. So a lot of boundary setting with that. A lot of times finding your sense of identity comes with that. And also some people, even adults, you know, coming in, they're 40, 50 years old, and they don't really know themselves. And they're trying to figure out themselves at that age. So you feel like you've lost yourself, you know, in the relationship. And
1: that's, when I say not knowing who you are, that's got to be the, like the, the worst feeling. I mean, not knowing who you are.
0: And yeah. Not knowing your identity aside from this person is um, is toxic. When you meet somebody, you fall in love. You do lose a sense of yourself. You become, you know, complete each other's sentences and, you know, you feel like you, you are one with this person. But in a healthy relationship after six months, maybe nine, you start to have some independence and you have a sense of self again, which is the normal ebb and flow in a, in a relationship. But I'm talking about toxic relationships where it's one-sided and unilateral and you are always giving up your needs and not getting your needs met. So right. Just wanted to touch on that. Yeah, that's just that's important. If they that.
1: care about you. they gotta they, they should consider your needs or, you know, understand when, mm-hmm. you know, you say no to something or you want to do something
0: that... Right. Not make you feel bad or feel guilty right. or bully or manipulate you. Right, I think that's important.
1: So you have a game.
0: I have somewhat of a game for you. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna try this. How so? We're doing this with the famous people in history who are assertive slash have high, you know, self-esteem. Yes or no. Yes or no. Ten
1: questions and see if I can figure out who they are. All
0: right. So I am uh, not obviously as astute at this as you are. So I'll try my best. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're clean. this is this is mm-hmm. gonna be good. I like I like being on the other end of it. And, you like uh, being on the other end of it. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. all
1: right. so can you give me like one again, it's tough to not give it away, mm-hmm. but can you give me the person's profession? Mm-hmm. Uh that could be a
0: um... What if they don't have a profession? Okay, so like there's
1: all right, that's fine. All right. All right. Well, okay, we're start off with this. Okay, right. so give me at least a clue. Female. Female. Okay, about a little bit of the background. French. Joan of Arc.
0: Yes. Really? (laughs) Wow. Wow. I was like, holy cow, how am I going to get you to guess this person? Well, she
1: had, God was talking to her. So So would you
0: say she was assertive? Yeah, but she also
1: has the power of God. So, so I'd be assertive too if God was talking to me. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: All but right. good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's amazing. Yeah. That was like totally two for two. Like that was way better. Than I don't you know
1: other. many other many other French women. So that's you know, that's pretty <laughs> that's much. That's the French <laughs> woman, you know. And Marie Antoinette doesn't count because she's from Austria. But and and she, she that uh, stuff.
0: Well, mm, <laughs> she, she was aggressive. Behead, and, didn't she behead people? Uh no no like she was the the beheaded. No, wait wait. She was
1: beheaded and she was almost she uh ripped to pieces by the Parisian women. No she didn't murder anybody but she didn't care about the french people that's for sure (laughs) okay okay. you know they can't even afford bread it's like let them eat cake which (laughs) by the way she did not say that is a misnomer no it's Mm -hmm. not a misnomer it's a um it's a popular misconception there you go um that she never did say that but it's a famous quote that she's famous for saying but she actually didn't say it all right next person next person okay male or female
0: all right so we're sticking with the female there's just seems to be more female you know assertive (laughs) okay Characters. Okay. All right. American. Born. Okay. You want to say like the era? Um.
1: Or wait. Or, just. Um, I want to. F- first of all, American okay. women. Yeah. That's okay. That's so okay. we're looking. I'm looking at the last hundred years, most likely. Again, okay. there are exceptions. But
0: mm-hmm, right. Wow. This is a crazy lifespan. Okay. Give me a clue. She had disabilities.
1: Okay. Helen Keller. Yeah.
0: Okay. There you go. Oh wow. Not too bad. Dr. Yeah. Rafa. All right. Yeah. See, you're, you're good yeah, at this. Yeah. I was worried about this. I think you like this person. Okay, <laughs> it's somebody you've mentioned that you had, I think admire to some degree. Okay, male American okay. era. Let me tell you the era. Yeah, yeah, that's always good. All right, birth October twenty seventh, eighteen fifty eight to January 6th, 1919. Mark Twain. No. Okay. Good guess. though. No, no,
1: he. Yeah, he. I'd okay.
0: say he was a sort of man. Yeah. No, yeah, he was. Yeah. He had okay. a lot of good quotes.
1: Okay. Um. Mm. And I said, I like this. Oh, you, I've mentioned that.
0: I'm pretty sure you have.
1: I've either quoted him or yeah, told it talked about, so. he was really cool. Cause he did this. And
0: he wore glasses.
1: <laughs> he wore glasses. Does that help? All the time?
0: <laughs> pretty sure.
1: He wore glasses. I don't know why I, that strikes me as funny. <laughs> funny. I love, I love your clothes. Well,
0: maybe not in the shower. He wore glasses. <laughs> <laughs> he was a leader in American history.
1: Teddy Roosevelt. Correct. There we go. There all we right, go. So, do
0: you think he wore glasses? No, he glasses? did, <laughs> but not all the
1: time. I don't think. I know I, what he probably, no, I think he did. You're I know right. The
0: habits of Teddy Roosevelt.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he wore glasses. Hey, anybody can put a pair on for five minutes uh, at the boardwalk. Okay.
0: It's true. I wear
1: glasses too. You do? I do now. He all the one time. Way. Well, no, I always have, really, yeah.
0: You wear cheaters.
1: Well, now I wear cheaters with my contacts because so, it's that bad. you have both? Yes. <laughs> the cheaters are so I can read. I'm farsighted. And I had glasses since I was probably like seven or eight years old. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about, <laughs> Let's
0: talk about <laughs> assertive, people. assertive people. Okay. Um, German born. Oh, yeah. Um, they can be
1: very assertive at times. Oh, Sorry. Gosh. Too he soon. Had- um.
0: <laughs> he was shy and quiet. Started speaking at age two. Give me the era. Era? Yeah. All right, that helps. The me. era. The era. March 1879 okay. through April 18th, 1955. 55. That sounds weird. 55. He was pretty influential in history. I don't think he wore glasses. Okay, yeah, that's, that's the big one. Did he <laughs> wear glasses?
1: Okay. <laughs> 55. German.
0: He won.
1: Oh, German. no. German. Nobel
0: Nobel Peace Prize Nobel Prize you know, not Peace Prize sorry he's in the sciences it's um <laughs> no wait no no what saying? are you doing no. she's trying no. to give me hints <laughs> I'm trying to because I'm very invested in your success
1: oh well thank you you know why because appreciate-
0: if you're successful I'm successful there we go there we
1: go <laughs> that's, okay that's the truth of the matter all right um I'm. physics Einstein yeah. Okay, so this is why I didn't think, I didn't know he was German. I thought he was
0: I didn't Swiss. It says German. German born. Theoretical. Physics. So he, oh, okay.
1: Okay. Well, look, so I think well, he was in. No, he probably He got,
0: applied to Zurich Polytechnic.
1: Yeah, he got the hell out of there Swiss for regime. obvious reasons. And sure. he was a Swiss patent clerk.
0: Oh, he was. All right.
1: All right. Because that's what I, the whole that's time I'm thinking. No, but no, I didn't know he was born in Germany. Now I know that. I, sh- I should have known that.
0: All right. So this is a man as well. Did he wear no, glasses? He, You know what? Yeah. Sometimes. Wow. Sometimes. Okay, so it's a sometimes choice, and he sometimes wore clothes.
1: Wow. Adam? <laughs> I don't think he ever wore clothes. Jesus. Except for when he, uh, Jesus you know. Yeah. All right. Um,
0: October, 1869, January 30th, 1948. He's not American.
1: And if you give me the country, it's a dead giveaway?
0: It's pretty much a dead giveaway.
1: So he's like the only famous person from this country? <laughs> Wow.
0: Assertive. Very assertive, I'd say. All right. Do you want me to give you a hint as to what country or what region of the world you may be from? Give me the
1: continent. India. India is in Asia. Okay. So it has to, I so, think, okay. That's, it has to be Gandhi. Really so you got me. You got me. It's no, Gandhi. that's okay. It is. And, and.
0: Sorry, Jen. No, every, <laughs> listen, India. there's so
1: many people that are terrible with the, like, geography. That is. But, okay. So. So
0: he sometimes wore clothes and he's and, glasses. Well,
1: and that's, you know what the irony is? That he <laughs> is, so he was assertive and he still did things. When I say passive, he wasn't passive where he just let people walk all over him, but he, peaceful. Like, he was, you know, he, a was, exactly, he was pacifist. Exactly. He was a pacifist he was but
0: not he was passive. assertive at
1: the same time
0: right that's right? so that's yeah
1: yeah that's a good one
0: i thought he was so and yes
1: he wore glasses that's what I the famous <laughs> photos i see him he's wearing glasses
0: well, i said he sometimes wears clothes right because that's a toga right Clo- okay
1: toga. you got me there well i don't know if toga is considered a clothing
0: item Maybe. Mm-hmm. all know. right so we have one more or we have too much fun uh, okay
1: yeah. do, do whatever it's you feel like
0: yeah doctor's choice that, yeah your podcast Okay, so this person, woman, March 1822 through March 10th, 1913.
1: Okay, American woman,
0: 1913. Uh
1: Uh-huh, when she died, yeah. Susan B.
0: Anthony? Mm-mm. Okay. African-American. Okay. Didn't wear glasses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Harriet Tubman. Yep. Okay. Yes, she was... um,
0: She was assertive.
1: Yeah, she was very assertive. and
0: She died of pneumonia around the age of 93.
1: yeah. When Black History Month comes up, obviously the most popular figure is Martin Luther King, Mm -hmm. understandably so. And unfortunately, the second most popular is Rosa Parks, where Harriet Tubman was a uh, runaway slave Mm -hmm. who freed herself. But that wasn't enough. She decided to go back, I want to say, close to 20 times and try to help other slaves escape as well. You know, she's not, you know, as far as I'm concerned, she's the second biggest hero for for Black History Month, but she always takes a back seat to Rosa and no pun intended. And I don't think that's
0: (laughs) the accurate
1: order if you're going to rank them. But anyway, that's just me. Anyway, but that was fun. You were very good at games.
0: Oh, I tried. Yeah, you did a great job. So let's do a wrap up slash summer of what we learned today, huh?
1: Okay, yeah, Yeah. so being assertive doesn't mean that you're selfish. Or mean. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, you could be mean, but being assertive doesn't mean that, but you could also just be mean. (laughs) Somebody
0: may believe you're mean, but it doesn't mean you're mean. Somebody could also believe that you're a Martian, but it doesn't mean you're a Martian.
1: Right. And (laughs) saying no, you should not feel guilty about not doing something for somebody else if you don't want to, Mm that you're allowed to say no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's also in this reading, um, the Bill of Rights, you know, your rights as a human, you're allowed to say no and do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, not do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, you know, if you don't want to. So being assertive is a good thing. There are assertiveness training tools online and in therapy. It's often a therapy goal. People tend to be people pleasing. So a lot of our homework is setting boundaries and setting limits. So if you need to work on that, feel free to go into therapy either at Inner Balance Psychology Center or if we have room because we're, we're booked, but you know, give us a call or find, you know, therapists in your area that you can maybe work with on these issues because uh, you're not alone and you can get help for this. Okay. All right. So, so as always, thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. Email us if you have any questions, info at innerbalancepsychology.com. And remember to stop it and give yourself a chance.